welcome back to another episode of the Gridiron Uncensored with your boys Blake, Trevor, and myself, Brendan. Uh, thanks again for kicking it with the grid. And uh, we had a hell of a weekend, uh, a lot of good games. And, you know, usually we talk about news and all that stuff first, but we're just going to jump into some of these games that, uh, you know, that one we, we covered, but there was a couple other ones that were really good uh, that ended up, you know, really nail biters. Uh, first, we're just going to hit on some of these games that we had covered in our picks that just, you know, we thought maybe they'd be a little bit closer, but they weren't. Uh, start off, we had uh, West Virginia at uh, number 17, Oklahoma. That game ended 59-20, to 20, and that, that game really was a Dylan Gabriel show, and you just wonder where that was some of these other weeks, you know. Uh, I, I think earlier he was, you know, maybe in the Heisman conversation a little bit, uh, but, man, he, he tore it up this week. Other weeks, not so much. So it's good to see OU get back on the win column. West Virginia is not really, you know, a program to, you know, be excited about. They were six and three, but again, not that great. Either way, Gabriel, 423 yards, five uh, passing touchdowns. He also had three rushing touchdowns. So pretty damn impressive day from him. Yeah, uh, another one. Uh, yeah, I mean, crazy. Uh, Rutgers, Iowa, number 22, Iowa. Coincidentally, they won 22 to nothing. Uh, I don't know. I thought Rutgers was going to be able to stay in it a little bit just because they... that one surprised me a bit because I, yeah. I mean, I still think Rutgers is a good team. They have good, fairly good talent. I feel like it's just, you know, I don't know. That just nothing well, we... about that made sense to me. Rutgers yeah. doesn't have a quarterback and Iowa's got a very good defense. Yeah. that That's just one thing. It's so strange with Iowa's. They got some semblance of an offense this weekend, which shocked us uh, really in the fourth quarter. They scored uh, the rest on a pass. of the game. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was non-existent, and everybody's like, "Oh, what the hell?" Um, but yeah, Rutgers—they're missing a passing attack to make them lethal, uh, more lethal, I should say. Uh, but yeah, that that Iowa defense is really good. They they always are. So you know, I I just thought they you know fifteen points maybe would win the game for them, but they did hit the under as well. I know we mentioned that one. <laughs> think the lowest uh lowest score total since uh what was it 2000 or something like that uh, on hitting the under i can't remember uh but either way pretty cool uh so yeah ruggers ended up taking an l on that one maryland nebraska just a slop fest uh nebraska went through three quarterbacks uh you know talia uh, tonga vailoa did you know what he usually does he's mid-range quarterback not bad he, he makes plays when he needs to um, they ended up winning that game 13 to 10 and then, uh, Georgia tech Clemson, you know, Georgia tech, they had, you know, kind of a coming on there in the last couple of weeks. We thought maybe they might challenge, but Clemson's got a fire under them. Uh, people are buying that stock again, as Dabo uh, told people to do. They end up getting out of there 42 to 21. Klubnik did have uh, four touchdowns. So Trevor, uh, any thoughts on old club me in the face? <laughs> Look, I don't know, man. This guy's like nine lives. He just keeps coming back. It just never, never dies. I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. Uh, man, he he played good. Like I watched it. I watched about a quarter of that game. Uh, he played. He played pretty decently. Uh, I still think. I mean, I I have to remind myself that he is still a young quarterback. I I keep looking at him, thinking, okay, well, he's you know like a junior. He's been in the system for a while. He's not really that – he's really quite young. So I think he definitely has shown plenty of upside going forward. I just don't think he's 
all that everyone said he was before the season started. I think that's fair, Blake. Yeah, I thought Clemson looked actually really good. Granted, it was Georgia Tech, but I've also thought Georgia Tech looked pretty good this year as well. They've had a few close games with some teams that they could have beat. Louisville is a, mm-hmm. a good a good example of that. But yeah, uh, I thought Klubnik played well. The offense looked really good. Their defense has been good all season. So Clemson, you know, you've really said it, Brendan, more than us. So they've got the talent, and your little chart, you know, shows them that they yeah. have the talent to be a successful team. They've just been haunted by turnovers, really, this season. In every game they've lost, it's been turnovers that cost them that game. And the past few weeks, they've really gotten a handle on that. So as they grow, I do think they'll return to being the old Clemson of the late 2010s. Yeah, for sure. I, and, you know, I, I was just thinking about this earlier, is that Clemson, before they started going on this little tear, if you will, is like I, I kind of put them in the same category as Penn State. And now it's not really the case because I think they have more talent than Penn State going forward. But when you think of Penn State, you think Penn State is good, really good, but they're just not good enough to beat play within the top 10 of the AP poll. Usually they have, you know, historically over the, since James Franklin's been there, they have not been able to win. So I, and with that being said, I put Oklahoma now in that category is that Oklahoma can knock it, knock the socks off of everybody outside of the top 10. Soon as they have to play those top teams, they run into problems. You know, Obviously, I know they beat Texas. I get it. I'm just saying. I'm just well, saying. I put them in that category right now because they're so inconsistent. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, I mean, even a blind squirrel can find a nut, and you know, there's a lot of teams out there that they can play good out of conference schedules, but when it comes to playing a team with a number next to their name. They just can't do it. And as a matter of fact, speaking of that team in particular, Tennessee, I've got a new segment that I would like to just introduce real quick to the show called Name That Defense. Because apparently if you're ranked number 40 in overall defense, you're a good defense. So I want to play this little game. It's really fun, actually. I've been playing it for a few minutes. These are teams with a better defense than Tennessee. <clears throat> All right. We got East Carolina. We've got Tulane. Akron. Akron coming in at number 29 overall defense. Bowling Green. Toledo. South Alabama. Northern Illinois. Miami, Ohio. Uh, Troy. SMU. UCLA. And then you start getting into the meat, Alabama, Clemson. So go all the way back to 40, right behind, sitting right behind Maryland. We have the Tennessee Volunteers, solid defense. and uh, But, hey, they beat Virginia. Put them in the top 25, guys. <laughs> oh man! Look, we have—I've been—we've been pretty much saying it. We've been pretty, how, how long have we been saying that we've really thought that the AP and basically the country has overrated Tennessee? Was it like game three or something? Like game three I, after we saw what Milton was going to be? I said um, it when I come out of the like, womb. 
<laughs> well, look, it, it's something, and this isn't, you know, I know a lot of people hate Tennessee just because rivalries and all this other stuff, but we're going we're gonna to be fair when we have conversations about team. If, if Michigan State's playing really good, I'm going to say they're playing good. I hate saying Ohio State's good, but they, they're a damn good team. Tennessee last year was very good because they had Hendon Hooker and they had Jalen Hyatt out wide. That's huge. All right. Now look at this offense with, with Milton. It's just not the same. And if you watch Milton at, at Michigan and you could see it at Tennessee too, it's just they were never going to be the world beaters that they were last year, you know, with that, with that team. So yes, they're not a bad team, but they're not, they're just not there. You know, they just got, you know, knocked out by, by Mizzou. They had a good first half against Bama. You don't tell me that Kentucky was a ranked win. I'm sorry. That doesn't count. Uh, Kentucky, they got ranked because they ran for 300 on Florida, who beat Tennessee. Or, excuse yeah, they did beat Tennessee yeah. earlier. Uh, that wasn't a mistake. So, it's just a couple things like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's like I said, be honest. <clears throat> I'm an Alabama fan, and I hate Tennessee with every part of my body. And – but I can be fair, and there's been several times throughout this season I've been the only one on the show that had Tennessee ranked in the top 25 because I saw flashes where they showed they could be a good football team. But like I said, I'm not going to reward a team because they beat Virginia, Connecticut, uh, Charlotte School for Women, and then they lose to Florida on the road. <laughs> they lose to Alabama on the road. And then they get smoked by Missouri on the road. I'm not going to reward that. I don't care yep. how the teams are ranked. I don't care. You lost. If you want to be ranked, you have to show that you're a good football team, and good football teams win football games. And Tennessee That's is right. not doing that. Yeah, exactly right. And look, I think I, I think I can pretty much speak to everybody for everybody on the show is that we also value consistency. If you cannot put the same product out every single week this late in the season, at this point, like, what are we doing? What are we doing at this point, folks? If you want to be in the top 15, you've got to show consistency. And you can't – I don't like the but what about argument. Like, well, what? but what about Arizona? But what about North Carolina? I have them ranked because I believe if Tennessee – played them on a neutral field today, both of those teams would beat Tennessee. Arizona, they started the season really poorly. No one's disputing that. They started a freshman quarterback on the road at USC. He lost by three points. He went on to beat Oregon State, UCLA. They just went on the road and beat Colorado. They beat Washington State when Washington State was in their prime of the season. Now everybody's beat Washington State. But for an Arizona team that was struggling with a new quarterback to come out and smoke them 44 to 6, Cam Ward is still a hell of a player, and they can still put points up, and they held that offense to six points. I value that. Tennessee has not done anything against an opponent that I deem a quality win. Everything has been close that, that could have been considered a quality win. They didn't skunk A&M or South Carolina, uh, they beat Virginia bad. They beat Connecticut bad. So, I mean, I'm, what am I rewarding? What am I looking at Tennessee and going, wow, they're worthy to be in the top 25? They don't have anything on that schedule that I can circle and say, wow, that impressed me. 
I can do that with North Carolina. I'm not saying they're a great team because North Carolina is not a good football team, but they did beat a Miami team that I do think is a quality team. They did beat Duke, who I think is a quality team. So those, yes, I value those wins, and they are ranked ahead of Tennessee. Yeah, and it's just, you know, we like we've said this, our, our rankings are fluid too when we put ours out. We know the AP, they'll – They'll usually keep you in, you know, maybe drop you nine spots, you know, at the max, 10 at the max. Can't remember the biggest I've ever seen from them. But for us, we change it up, you know, we week to week. And when I look at the top 25, it, I mean, ranking 20 through 25 is damn near impossible. Is it because you're, you're just shuffling around two, three lost teams and you're trying to see who's got the better wins. And it's just, it's, you know, it's a lot of mess back there. And then you get some of these Mac schools that I think they deserve some recognition too. They they play the season just the same. I know they're not playing the same competition, but they're still. I mean, eight wins, nine wins, ten wins. You're undefeated. You deserve some some credit to get they're up. They're playing in that top the same 25. level of competition though. It's not yes. like they're going and playing William and Mary. You know, James Madison beating you know like ECU and Old Dominion. Those are still you know competitive football games because they're on the same level. Mm-hmm. And if we're still comparing to the Tennessee, Tennessee's playing Connecticut. They're not on the same level of football. Yeah. No, I hear you. And it, and again, it's all FBS. So there's 133 teams. It's hard to rank 25 of them, especially on the back end towards the end of the season. So um, either way, that that's some uh, some rankings talk. We'll quickly hit the the Tennessee game. Uh, it's number 13, Tennessee, at number 14, Missouri. Missouri ended up blanking them really 36-7. to seven. I guess you can't call it blanking because whatever, that's you know not them scoring anything, but effectively it was. Uh, they controlled the game most of the, the entire game, really. Uh, the ground game was just working beautifully. Uh, Schrader had a great game. Tennessee couldn't do much on third downs. And Milton, I, I'll say he didn't have a horrible game, but it, he still had the misses – where you know he needs to to hit to to move the sticks, and uh, he did have a, a pick too that that led to points. So uh, that that's it for me. You know, Tennessee Blake, and you got you guys got anything else on it? Not particularly. I mean, they got smoked for such a good defense to give up almost six hundred yards of offense. I mean, that's all I can really say. Look, I mean, aside from aside from Tennessee, the talk, Tennessee talk, I think I think everyone should just pay pay real close attention because Mizzou has just separated themselves from yeah. middle middle mm-hmm. mid tier SEC to top tier SEC. They I have mean, separated themselves from everybody else as I'll far as that, too, the mid mid ground goes. On those grounds, uh, Trevor, Mizzou since coming to the SEC has won an SEC title. Uh, excuse me, SEC East title, but you know what I mean. Uh, Chase this, Daniel, you got to go back a while hey, for that one. It is. Yeah, that, still, that was back. You know, that was back when they first got in, wasn't it? Chase was it Daniels like was like eight or oh nine, maybe something like that. Something yeah. Like that. <laughs> oh, they, I don't think they they didn't come over till like twenty eleven, right? Or was it was it earlier than that? I thought it was oh nine. It might have been oh nine. I might be wrong, but it was when uh, Todd Reese or Reesing played at Kansas and Chase Daniel played at Missouri. Yeah, because then okay, yeah. So it was yeah in that that range, but still they won one. So that's that's pretty damn good considering. Uh, and a lot of other SEC teams wishes they could say the same. 
so I like Mizzou. I think they're a good team, especially this year. I'd, I'd say they're in the top five of the SEC uh, total. Uh, I would not be – well, I know the SEC title game is pretty much set for the most yeah, part. At least, yeah, it is. So, I mean, but I'm saying uh, I would have said before this week if something were to happen – with Alabama or Georgia, I, I would not be surprised if Missouri wins out and finds themselves in the running. 2012. Yeah. 2012. Right. Okay. Yeah. They, you know, more recent than a lot of others can say. So uh, I like Mizzou. Let's get on to another game. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hit a – maybe let's go out west and just talk about the USC-Oregon game. It was really late. Uh, number six, Oregon won 36-27. to 27. What else can you say besides Bo Nix? I mean, that yep. dude, just a, he's a gamer. I know it's a USC defense that gives up a lot to everybody. But you still, he controlled the ball. He played exceptionally well. Doesn't matter. that He's a damn good player, and he's in the top of the Heisman race for a reason. Uh, their solid run game with uh, Bucky Irving, you know, so Oregon just keeps doing what they're doing, and that's all they need to do is keep winning. Hey man, I'll tell you what. I've said we've all said it. I mean, we've all said it that Oregon. I mean, for me, outside of Michigan, Oregon is the most complete team, offense, defense, and special teams that I we've seen. And and to our point earlier, they're one of the more consistent teams. You pretty much know what you get from Oregon almost every single game. They have not had one game where like, wow, that kind of surprised me. They just, you know. It just hasn't happened. And as far as uh, USC goes, I laughed a little bit because I, I managed to actually stay up to the third quarter, so I was proud of myself. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, the announcer, uh, I, I started dying laughing. Like it, I don't know what time it was. It had to have been close to midnight or just after. announcer cracked me up by saying, oh, my God, mark your watches. The USC defense actually made a stop. I I died. I died. I was like, wow, the announcers are even throwing shade at these guys. Yeah, I, I still think Bo Nix is the uh, the leader of the Heisman. He's still my front runner. That offense is just rolling. They're very consistent. But USC did try to make a little bit of a comeback there. I thought it was about to just be, you know, a massacre because that what it got like twenty eight to seven or something like that, quick. And I I went to bed at halftime. But when I woke up, it was like the final score was 36-27. So I was like, you know, that kind of surprised me. But I did want to correct my statement real quick on Missouri. Uh, Chase Daniel was not their quarterback. I just remembered the year. I remembered the Chase Daniel year when they won 10 games, and uh, that was back in 2009. They played Auburn in the SEC championship in 2013 and when Auburn went to beat Florida State. Or lose to Florida State. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah, those those are good years from Mizzou. My mic was muted, so my bad. <laughs> we're we're doing it on the fly, guys. Again, I'll this tell you isn't... what. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I need to like find a little recording. Like you're on mute, and I just play the recording every time this happens. Because <laughs> I'm like sitting there, I'm like looking down at my notes, and then all of a sudden I look up, and the guys are doing their hand signals, and I'm like, oh, gee. Speaking of signals, and now I'm just kidding. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> we don't need to steal them this week, boys. Uh, so either way, Tennessee, Mizzou, they're done. Uh, USC, Oregon, that one's we're done talking about that one, really. I mean, USC's defense is trash. It didn't get any better firing Alex Grinch. So uh, 
you know, maybe Lincoln Riley's uh, time there might be shortened. I don't know. Uh, Caleb Williams still did play pretty well for, you know, considering the fact that he's getting pressured all the time. Uh, let's jump on over. We'll stay out West, Utah and Washington. Uh, really good game. Uh, th- this is one. I feel like we mentioned it too, that, you know, Washington, they've given up some points of late, even though Utah's offense hasn't been great against, you know, better teams. They have been able to score points against USC and some others. So I was interesting. It was interested to see how Utah would come out and play this one. And man, they kept it close. It, it was a really, really good game. Guys, you want to talk on it? I just have to say Washington's receivers are just good. They're very, very good. It reminded me a lot of the Washington-Oregon game because Utah was in very good position a lot of those plays, and those receivers just – Penix put that ball where only his guy could get it, and it made Utah look silly. I mean, they was in position to make a lot of plays on defense and just perfect passes from Penix and some amazing catches by those two guys. But, uh, yeah, Washington, it doesn't matter how good your defense is, apparently – they can score. Yeah, they they find a way, and that's also the sign of a good team. Uh, no matter what happens, they find a way to win. And yeah, those receivers are—I'd I'd call them elite. I mean, they, the catches they make, the absolutely the routes that they run—it's just impressive to watch. And then Penix, of course, he's—I feel like he he did have that little stint of time where he he must have been dealing with something because he had that like the Arizona State game. Uh, it was Arizona. There was like one other, yeah, was, but he just, he looked off. Yeah. Well, he even in the beginning of this game, it took him a minute to get going. I mean, I think they had him at one point, like, like seven of 17 or something or seven of 19 or something like that. It wasn't good, but it, he finished yeah. the game very well. Yeah, he's a resilient player. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, so that's why I, and we mentioned our, our Heisman race uh, now. And I th- it's got to be Knicks. It's got to be Penix. And uh, I got Jaden Daniels up there. I think he could throw, you know, maybe Marvin Harrison in there. Jaden Daniels uh, is definitely still worthy of it. I mean, he's oh, yeah. not a bad option. He just – the way I, – when I watch him play, he's just so electric. He is. Um, but but Penix and Knicks are just they're they're playing so good. Uh, but yeah, U, Utah had it; they were close. And then that 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 second half really Washington shut them down. They they didn't score again after halftime. And uh, I mean, props to Utah or Washington for for second half adjustments and doing what they need to do to to finish that game off. Trevor, you got anything on this one? No, no right. not really. Uh, I mean, I mean, Washington is who we think they are, honestly. I think they're one of the best. Um, Penix is probably one of the best pure passers that's still left in the running to go to the playoff. Um, I think he's still – I mean, even with the injury to the rib, I think he still was throwing really good balls. I do think he was a little more inaccurate than we saw at the beginning of the year uh, in this game. I saw him miss a couple wide-open guys, overthrows. <laughs> things like that. But all, all in all, I think he still played a great game, and I still think he's one of the best. It, and he's he's still in the running for the Heisman. I just don't think he's in the top three. That's just from my, my point of view on it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like I said, Blake and I mentioned it. There was a couple of, you know, down games for him that I think he, he lost some stock on that. 
but I, I'd still say he's up, definitely up there. Um, Blake, anything else on this one before we drive on? Drive along, brother. All right, final on that one again was thirty-five to twenty-eight. Uh, let's let's go ahead and knock out the the Miami Florida State game. Uh, this game was really close. Uh, FSU ended up winning twenty-seven to twenty. Uh, Jordan Travis, not a bad game uh, at all. He, I mean, he did get sacked. You know, lost negative thirty yards. You know, on sack total, but still had two sixty-five and a touchdown. Uh, Miami, though, they're their quarterback situation this game it really put them under. Uh, Emery Williams only eight of twenty three passing. Van Dyke went out. You know he was two of seven. So I mean, you know, just really, you know, playing shorthanded and still kept it close. It kind of surprises me. Uh, though Miami's not a bad team at all. They they've shown time and again that they're they can win games this year. Uh, so guys, you want to hit this one? FSU's lucky. FSU's lucky that Van Dyke went out. Because if Van Dyke would have stayed in that game, they would have lost the way that they played that game. The overall way they were calling the offense, the way that everything was flowing in that game, if Van Dyke was the quarterback that whole entire game, it probably would have been into the 30s, maybe even to the 40s for Miami scoring. Because uh, I don't think Florida State's defense was playing that great. That's just the way I looked at that game. So I think Florida State got lucky and escaped it. If they play like that against Florida – I think that they will lose. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I like Tyler Van Dyke, but he can also be a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. But Emory Williams, he only he only completed eight passes, but went for 175 yards and two touchdowns. So I mean, that's not. Yeah, I mean, his his uh, passing completion ratio was abysmal. He was eight of twenty three. But the eight he did complete, I mean, almost 200 yards on him, that's that's pretty solid. But uh, Florida State, that was just a trap game. You know, I, I thought they would make a statement. Jordan Travis didn't look, you know, all that good to me. He looked okay, but not bad, not good. So he kind of took a bump in the Heisman. But overall, you know, good teams find ways to win, and even mm-hmm. if it's against the backup quarterback. And Florida State won the game. And you know you got to give them the, got to give them the credit. I still hate them, and I still you know hope they lose. But oh, I certainly I certainly give them credit for sticking out that yeah. win. But I certainly don't give them enough credit to jump them into the third spot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My, Miami could have won that game. There was there oh. were several things that I saw throughout <laughs> that game they could have done to win. But I mean, they, they certainly the did dark, not dude? earn a jump in the rankings, as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, Blake, what's up with that? Yeah, what is up with that, Blake? I'd like to hear the rationale behind jump having FSU jump Michigan. I just wasn't impressed with Michigan, but they Man. still had a top ten win. So does Florida that strength State. of schedule that everybody's so so high on it has gotten stronger for Michigan now. Debatable. Ah, it's not debatable I'm, though, because I would, I would, I will bet, I would have bet money that Penn State. If you put Penn State and Florida State against each other, Florida State would not be able to hang with Penn State or any, honestly, any any ranked Big Ten team. I don't know, man. That Alar looks like he throws cinder blocks for a living. That mother, <laughs> that dude can't throw a football. And James Franklin's probably the worst coach in college football behind Jimbo Fisher. So. 
I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I think Florida right. State. I mean, I'm not going to argue. I I don't like anything about Penn State. That, my my <laughs> reasoning behind it was I I think if Florida State and Michigan played, I feel like Florida State would etch out Michigan at this point. Mm. I just feel I don't I don't have a lot of stock in Penn State, and I felt like if Michigan had to wipe the floor with Penn State, and I think I said that on the last episode. If they had have wiped the floor with Penn State and run out and really, you know, and I know, we talked about it before Brendan got on, they didn't have to because Penn State couldn't stop the run game. And, you know, Corum was just running at will. But I feel like that was a chance for them to really make a statement to people, and they didn't do it. And I know, you know, you lost your coach on the plane and everything, but still at the end of the day, you got to show who you are. And I just didn't see it. You know, they got another game coming up in two weeks. Mm-hmm. It may change my mind. Hopefully I mean, it does. I'm not going to get into the argument now. I'll get into the argument when we talk about the Michigan game. But, I mean, I'll, sure. I'll tell you my reasoning why FSU – it it was very hard for me to keep them in the top four, to be perfectly honest, with what Washington did um, this weekend. Well, I, I will just say real quick about me keeping them – or not just bumping them up, but why I'm keeping them in. You know, in the beginning when LSU started kind of falling off, and I didn't really value that LSU win in the beginning, nor did I value their Clemson win in the beginning or their Pittsburgh win. And I'm still not saying Pittsburgh's a good team, but Pittsburgh has beaten good teams, and they've played a lot of good teams very close. And then LSU has improved since their little midseason woes. So I, I value those wins more. I think LSU is a good football team, and I, you know, they held them to 17 points and look at what they're capable of putting up, the numbers that Jaden Daniels is putting up now. And he was held at bay. Granted, first week of the season, I'm, you're still kind of working the kinks out and everything too. But I just value some of Florida State's wins more now than I did midway through the season when I was giving them all the hate. Hmm. All right, I, I get obviously, it. Obviously. I, I appreciate yeah. you explaining it. It makes a little more sense now that I know you're thinking. But uh, it's but not just pure Michigan completely. hate. I still disagree. Well, I know that part. I think you just enjoy just throwing a little bit of shade at Michigan. I just like making Brendan mad on Saturday. Oh yeah, it, it, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, but Florida State, no, they're a very good team. LSU is a great offense, and Florida State did knock them down. Florida State or LSU's defense has been suspect many a time this year. Uh, but Florida State did what they needed to do this week again. The thing that I a little concerning for me, I know it's sack it not sack adjusted, but they still have one point eight yards per carry was their average, and that that's what's sacked. So you remove those, you know, it, it's going to be closer than probably the four range, uh, but still, it it just it concerns me a little bit for them. But again, they find ways to win against these teams. Uh, doesn't matter who they play, and good teams find a way. They're still undefeated. Uh, you know, they they've really just got to make it out and hope. Hope they play uh, Louisville and and beat Louisville in the the ACC title game, uh, but I mean they've got everything in front of them. Florida State does to to get to the playoffs this year. Uh, talking about another team that's you know ninety five percent chance unless there's absolute chaos going into the the you know playoffs here is Georgia and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is another team that I don't put a lot of stock in, and I'd say they're they're kind of similar to me to a Penn State. Uh, they've got team. They they'll beat a lot of the teams, and they can put up 
a lot of points. Like I, I mentioned on, on Twitter, Penn State's putting up 37 points a game, uh, you know, throughout the season, except against Ohio State and against Michigan. You look at Ole Miss, they go out and they put up points against a lot of people, except Georgia and except Alabama, both great defenses. So I think to me that's a comparison that I like to make is they're similar teams, similar programs, Ole Miss and Penn State. They can they can knock off a lot of the, the mid-range teams. Uh, they won't lose to many. They'll get the 10 wins. But when it comes to the big ones, the upper echelons of the conference, they usually lose those games. They might get a one-off, and they've done it before. So this is one I, I – I didn't think this was going to be close with, with Ole Miss. I know they have – like Jackson Dart does pretty good sometimes, but Georgia just went out. They smoked them. They took care of business. Uh, you know, Carson Beck, 18 of 25, you know, not not a horrible game at, at all. He did have a pick, 306 yards though. Uh, Milton and really the running game is what did this one in. Uh, they, they couldn't stop him. And, you know, they were running at 8.6 yards of carry. So Kendall Milton, you know, those guys, McConkey, you know, did, did good like usual. Uh, so, you know, and the defense did their thing. So th- th- this one was over really, I think, from the beginning. In my eyes, I know it was close in the first, second quarter. But, yeah, I, I give Georgia credit. They're, they're coming on. They're doing what they need to do. Yeah, I think I'm the only one that's really defended Georgia most of the season as being a, an elite football team. I know they're not the Georgia of years past, obviously, but I still think they're, they've got a lot of talent, but a lot like Michigan, they just haven't really had the moment where they've had to flex their muscles and show what they have or what they're capable of. And they really didn't have to in this game. I think they just did because a lot of people are starting to question Georgia and a few people on ESPN and 247 sports are moving Georgia back to fourth, fifth, I've even seen them back up at eighth and ninth in some people's polls. And I just don't understand that. You know, in my eyes, I've said it time and time again, they're number one. And until they're dethroned, they're going to remain number one for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I've I've been pretty much with you in lockstep as far as saying that uh, Georgia does not at all deserve to be out of the top four. Maybe you could shuffle them around to one, maybe two or two and then throw somebody else at one. But I don't think I've ever had – no, <clears throat> there was a week where I had Georgia down into three, but um, that changed quickly. Um, for Georgia, yeah, they're, they're the champions. I mean, look, they didn't need to flex their muscles. You, you're right. They didn't need to. They just chose to. And it tells you everything about the talent they have on the team. <laughs> look, these guys are the, – the, them, Alabama, it's going to be off. It's going to be a slugfest in the SEC championship game. It's going to be insanity. Uh, it's going to, yeah, Blake's probably looking real forward to that. <laughs> it depends on which uh, row we get. I mean, honestly, I'm curious on the defenses, how the uh, like each defense performs. Because, I mean, out of the two quarterbacks, we I think we all can kind of agree that uh, Carson Beck is uh, the more polished quarterback out of the two. He's the so, better quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the better quarterback. And um I, I think he played really well. He made the right decisions. He actually got a pretty good set of wheels. You know, I, I was watching this game and you know what it made me think of, Brendan? I was thinking about this. I was like, 
watching him play kind of this particular game at least reminded me the way that JJ now plays is like he he's using a little bit of his mobility to roll out of the pockets. He's using his legs to get some extra yards. Um, Carson Beck is starting to do that. I didn't obviously he hasn't really had to do that this season, but this particular game he started to do that a little bit. Um, and I was like, man, there's a lot of similarities between him and JJ this year. Yeah, I, I think a couple of quarterbacks have grown up this season, and he's been one of them, you know, from the start. Now, I, I did have Georgia ranked down, I think, five at one point in the season, and that was just because of strength of schedule, and that was at, like, week six. And they they just escaped, you know, you know uh, who was it, Auburn, and um, uh, one other, I can't remember at the moment, but South they, they had a couple of close calls. South Carolina, who's obviously not very good. So they, it was just one of those, like, Okay, what's going on with them? I know they're a good team. They've got talent everywhere. I mean, they're one of the most loaded rosters, I think, top three in talent in college football when it comes to recruiting rankings and whatnot. But that doesn't always matter. You know, you could be, you know, loaded with talent, still still lose a lot of games. So it, it's just one of those that I was a little bit concerned about them. But as they've come on, uh, really the Missouri game is the one that that got me on board because I value Missouri. I think they're a, a really good team. Uh, so Georgia doing what they do. I, I expected them to beat the hell out of uh, Ole Miss because I don't really respect Ole Miss that much. Uh, so I, I was really happy to see them have a good, you know, even flow on this game. A lot of good running, a lot of good passing. Uh, the defense did what they knew, what they're going to do. We know their defense is good. It's offensively. I want to see them, you know, take another step. I feel like they did here. Uh, so barring craziness happening, I, I think they're they're going to be that number one spot in the playoff. We will get to find out how good their offense is next Saturday because they are going up a, against a very <laughs> top tier Tennessee Vols defense. Yes. Yep. Hey, this might trap be a game. trap game. Trap game. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Jinx, bro. <laughs> Same. But brain it's a win-win win for me. Win-win for me. Because they, they already locked in the SEC East, so it's Bama-Georgia no matter what. So mm-hmm. if Tennessee beats Georgia, that's just comical for me. But if Georgia and on top of that, Tennessee, it throws a monkey wrench into the whole, like, are they going to still keep them into the top four even though they lost to Tennessee? Yeah. And if they, for whatever reason, beat uh, Alabama, it'd be an interesting scenario if that happened. All right, yeah. So again, barring any you know craziness uh, up ahead, Georgia I think is going to get that number one spot. Uh, you know they they've got a big game against Bama coming up. Obviously, we know that one's going to be tough, uh, and it will be the biggest test for for that offense because uh, Bama's defense is legit. And Blake will cover uh, the Bama game here shortly. We we'll, we make sure that each week we will do a Michigan cover and a Bama cover. Um, you know just you know, for our fans or families, whatever. Uh, so either way, let's, let's go ahead and hit the Michigan-Penn State game. It was a huge one. Uh, you know, 24-15 was the final score. And it was huge. One, is a top-10 game. It's at, at, you know, Penn State. But two, with all the, the Harbaugh stuff going on, the team finding out that they weren't going to have him on the sidelines when they landed that that night in, in Pennsylvania. So a lot of, uh, you know, adversity that the team is going through. And 
they went out there and that, you know, they, you know, Michigan versus everybody mentality uh, and they're leaning on it. And you, you have to, when you're facing adversity, you got to lean on something. Uh, so they go out there in the first couple of drives, Michigan's offensive line was kind of getting worked around the edge. Uh, that, that Penn state defense is very good. They had the number one run defense at the time and uh, their defensive ends are, they're both, I think, going to the league. I mean, they're, they're good. They're good edge rushers. Uh, but Michigan was getting worked on the edge because uh, they were bringing heavy pressure. And what do you do when you have when you're getting people deep in the edge? You can't really throw it out wide, you know, out to the flats. That that makes it tough to do. You could risk a pick. Uh, so you start. You keep running up the middle. Strange up formations. You hit that middle run and see what happens. Well, Michigan started doing that, and they started eating on the ground. And I don't think Penn State's defense ever changed once. They were. When I watched that game, I didn't see them make a single change on how their defensive plans were. They were they were just selling out to get back and to contain that pocket so J.J. couldn't roll out. And Michigan went to the pin and pull. They went to these different run sets, uh, some sweeps with the quarterback, and they started getting chunk yardage. And I feel like it never changed. And Michigan saw that, and they didn't throw a pass after the midway through the second quarter. They just kept running it and running it and running it. And they ate on the ground. I mean, they did everything they needed to do. Corm got in. Edwards got into it. Uh, the run, the run offensive line blocking was was really nice. Uh, a lot of good gaps. Second level blocking. Uh, JJ, I know, I, I he was in the Heisman conversation. I think that game definitely took him out of it, uh, just because he threw it only eight times for sixty yards. Now he he had one incompletion. This wasn't on him. It's not because you know they don't trust him at quarterback. It's not because he's a mid quarterback, like some people are saying online. It has nothing to do with that. Game plans change. You know what, what's the rule? You make a plan, but once that first bullet goes whizzing by, you have to adjust. Right? The the perfect plan goes out the window. Once the I really don't think happening. that was the plan going into this game. I don't think it the wasn't. plan was to pass the ball because I don't think that the the Penn State offense was a scare. I don't think they scared him at all. They shut down these two running backs that were these power, powerful running backs last year. They shut them down. They shut them down again. Uh, yeah, I, I, really, honestly, like they they were nothing. They meant nothing. This whole team, the whole Penn State drama about James Franklin. He he's they they were leaking running from this from this almost from the start. The first two drives they didn't do great on running, but after that it was it was game over. And the whole second half they didn't throw a pass. It was yeah. the most craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, they, they leaned into that run really heavy, and you know they they had set up some, but they they were getting that that edge rush. You know those first couple those first two drives really, and then after that it was done for. They were just like, hey, we're just going to run it down your throat because we can, and that was Michigan's mantra last year. So yeah, exactly why, right. you know, why go away from it if it's if it's working? And that's you know that's another thing too. I think it was also Sharon Moore. He's obviously you know coaching a huge game right there. Uh, he's he's been the offensive coordinator. He's the offensive line coach. He's wearing a lot of hats. And when you see that your defense is shutting down an offense completely, that they are no threat. Why why continue to risk you know maybe getting a sack or a sack fumble, something stupid going on. Put it in the hands of what you know that you do the best, and that's run the ball. And you know you got a great running back at when Blake uh, Corum. So to me, I think it was they were going to open up a little bit with the, run, the passing because I think JJ has that ability. But 
but they just want to test that defense first. And when you when we saw what was going on, you lean into that run, and they couldn't stop it, just like they couldn't stop it last year either. Exactly right. And here here's here's my takeaways of that what you were just saying is that they were beating beating the, the tackles on on the edge the first couple of drives. That is the difference, in my opinion, between Penn State and Michigan is the level of coaching that Michigan has on their sideline as opposed to Penn State's <laughs> level of coaching. We have 50% of our coaching staff is from the NFL. They've been around the block a few times. And look, Jesse Minner, he's proven. You, you give him, you give him an, a time to adjust, and he's going to adjust. And honestly, it was, it was almost too simple for him on the defensive side. And then on the offside, Sharon Moore, he's been doing this for a while here at Michigan, and he's proven that he can make adjustments on the fly. The only time that I questioned him was uh, really last year, to be honest with you. I questioned his abilities last year uh, when they got to the playoff, but that was about it. Um, But Sharon Moore, I mean, he did a phenomenal job of managing this game. And the best thing about Michigan is there's zero ego on this team. That's the best thing about this team is that you don't, you would, you, you don't see JJ getting all butthurt that he's not throwing the ball over the place. And same thing for the running backs. If they don't get touches, then it, you know, it, and it makes my heart happy to know that James Franklin is now four and sixteen against Michigan and Ohio State. So yeah, he can go eat one. He should be fired like tomorrow. But he they fired they fired the OC instead. So you know that makes sense. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll say one more thing on it. Uh, for Penn State wise, their defense is good. They held Ohio State. Uh, they did. They did. I mean, Michigan didn't pass it. I wouldn't say they held us to it, but we just they changed. No, uh, they just didn't they, have to. Michigan well, just didn't yeah, have they, to. They changed their scheme. They they adjusted. Uh, but uh, Penn State, they have a very good defense. I will give them that. Uh, obviously, they got gashed on the ground, but I think Michigan's just got a really good run game uh, at times. Other times, they haven't, but it, it just depends. Uh, Penn State offensively, though, Michigan did what they needed to do to scare Alar. And when he is scared, he you saw it in the Ohio State game, he was chucking bricks. He was afraid. He he does not want to get sacked. And you could see that in multiple t- times this game. The When he had time and he, he made some good throws, he had a good throw up the seam for a touchdown later in the game. But when he's getting pressured, he freaks out. And you could see that. I mean, Mike Barrett closed in on him and he just chucked the shit away. Like, like he was like, nope, not, not doing it, not risking running and fumbling. I don't know if that's coach telling him, hey, just chuck this thing. If you feel like you're going to get sacked, just throw it. Or if he's just simply scared. I can't imagine a, a five-star quarterback, power five, being being scared. I can't imagine that. To me, it's more of a coaching thing, telling him, hey, don't risk a, a sack. Don't risk a fumble. Just chuck the thing. You know, Hope to God it, it doesn't get picked off. I, I don't know. Blake, what do you think? James Franklin is a joke. If I'm Penn State, I'm getting paragliders, and I'm flying into the West Bank of Happy Valley. Because that dude, he needs to be out of there. He is awful. Some of the coaching decisions he made in that game, it I, I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm not even I hate Penn State just as much as anybody. And like I'm I don't understand like I mean, I messaged you about it, the fourth and inches thing. I understand <laughs> they're on like the forty yard line. But if you he's three and seventeen against ranked opponents. 
if you want to be an elite coach, you have to win big games. And when you have a number two Michigan, number three Michigan, whatever they were ranked, at home, and you're obviously not going to get many opportunities across midfield because your offense is just not good, you have to take chances like that and keep drives going. And I think he made two or three decisions, and there was some fourth downs that I thought it was questionable that he went for that I felt he should have punted on. Mm-hmm. So James Franklin's a proven retard. You know, he's done it <laughs> multiple times throughout his tenure at Penn State. And yeah. like, wow, dude, you had some eight, nine-win seasons at Vandy, and you get some ten-win seasons. But that's like I always tell you all, <clears throat> as a fan, you can either be happy with ten wins or you can want more. And if you want ten-win seasons, then James Franklin's your guy. If you want more for your program, he's got to go. Yeah, yeah. As long as he, I, as long as mm-hmm. he's here, they'll be the th- third best, and that's about it. Maybe even fourth when Wisconsin recovers from whatever downturn they're they're in right now. Uh, they won't we, be down for long. Yeah. They'll 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 come back eventually. Wisconsin's or with the new Big Ten, like that. you know, what? with with Washington and Oregon, and you know, coming in. Oh yeah. yeah well, if you want like to talk about next best. year, next year if you want to look at it that way, they'll probably be like sixth best by that yeah, time. So that this is one, and you know, I'll allude to Texas A and M too. They Texas A and M made a move, and everybody's like, "How are they going to fire them after winning with the third string?" It was Mississippi State. They suck. They're they're going six and six, and you know, you know, going going bowling. But that they Texas A and M is not expecting that. They want more. They've got the money. They've got the backing. They've got everything to have more. So they made the call, and they're out a shit ton of money. But they don't care. Penn State. They have the history. They've got money. They've got all this good stuff going for them. And like Blake said, right now they're nine, ten win team most years. Maybe they'll sneak in an eleven. You know, if they have you know, uh, like Christian Hackenberg. I think he played pretty well for them at the time. Uh, no, you know, they'll maybe sneak out a win. He's never beaten Michigan and Ohio State in the same season. He'll get a one-off, but he's never beaten them in the same season. And I know that when Harbaugh was having struggles, he was getting eviscerated online by by every news media out there. You don't hear a damn thing about James Franklin. It's good to I, I be the king, and sometimes it's not so good to be the king. There's a reason why you don't hear nothing about James Franklin, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> There's a reason. No, you want to know why? You know why you don't hear about hear about James Franklin? It's because he's fucking irrelevant. <laughs> That's true. Har- Harbaugh is more relevant than and he's retarded. You can't say stuff about retards. Yeah, he's horrible. But if it's um, factual, it's factual. I mean, if he was wearing those sunglasses. Clearly, he's blind. He needed his players to help him out on the field. Yeah, I'll say one 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 last thing on the mission thing. I know that. You know, they didn't pass, and people are going to ding them for that. They didn't have to. I'll say that one last time. They did not have to. If this was another team, JJ's going to go out there and throw it. They're going to rescheme. They're going to figure it out. And most likely, Harbaugh is going to be on the sideline. You know, and, and his input does matter. Uh, people say, you know, head coach doesn't really matter that much. It's, no, that's not true. Uh, it, it's not true at all. I've uh, never understood why people say that. that and why have a head coach if yeah, what they exactly say doesn't right. matter? Like, yes, right. you have an offensive coordinator that makes calls. You have a DC that, but he has his own interjections, his own uh, intensity on the sideline. And I noticed that one thing last, uh, this game too, was Michigan had a lot of plays get down into the, the play clock going, uh, expiring. 
they weren't getting the play calls in fast. They there was some confusion there. With that, with Harbaugh there, that typically does not happen. This was the first game I've seen that from them in a long time, and it Lots. it was pissing me off. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand it would piss you off, but here's here's the thing: is that you have to remember that Strom Moore, twenty four hours before that first snap, he was only going to be calling plays, and that's it. That's all his well, that's job what, was. Yeah, that's then what I'm now saying. Now well, he's making game time decisions on top of calling the plays because there mm-hmm. isn't anyone else to call the plays. He's the one I to think do it. Some of it too, though, was they were just trying to get in and get out because I think they knew they had that game from the first snap. I, I with I'm with you. See, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I don't. So I, it's just one of those things that I noticed. That 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 game, saw how their defense was, and they changed. That wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. I, I I just don't prescribe to the the notion that they went into the game thinking one thing, and then switching it up and doing the all run plan later. I honestly think they went into that saying we're going to run it down their throat, and we're going to run this clock down and not give them an opportunity. And I just think that was the game plan going in. I don't I I disagree on that just because those first two drives they came out trying to throw it. That, yeah, they, that's the, they, they threw it 7 for 8 for 60 yards. I mean, that was the first half. But they were getting that pressured so bad. That's the only thing that that made me think that there was okay, we got to stop. They didn't have to stop. They just oh, hey, it's running, it's working. Let's just go with this for the rest of the time. I mean, there's like 35 straight runs or something like that. So, I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe Sharon will say that in a presser. I, he should have one tomorrow since he was a coach. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he actually, you know, maybe puts that on uh, on tape and we'll, we'll see what his actual thoughts were on it. All right, guys. Well, that, that was all the games and, you know, that we're going to cover uh, on, the, on our picks. Uh, we had a couple other good ones. Florida LSU was was tight. Uh, LSU, Jaden Daniels had a really good game. Uh, Duke L- UNC was a fun one to watch. That came down to the wire. Uh, Duke with a backup quarterback almost had him, should have had him. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Jimbo Fisher. Uh, obviously, big news out you know in Texas here. He was fired uh, today. You know, obviously they they had a win. But they were t- they were ready to move on, like we alluded to earlier. Uh, so now the coaching search begins. Wonder who they're going to go after. No idea. Mike Elko seems to be the big one from Duke. You know he's been, he'd been at Texas A and M before, uh, but we'll see. I mean they've got money to throw. I don't think it's an, an issue for Texas A and M, and what move they're going to make here. A lot of people say they want Dion. <laughs> well, prime time jump. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, and we'll continue to cover that as we go along. Uh, and like we also mentioned, Penn State's uh, coach also got fired, uh, their, their offensive coordinator. So tis the season. Uh, going into the holidays, what better way to spend the holidays than with family and uh, not preparing for a bowl game? So, <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it sound better, boys. Um, you know what? Screw them. Go, do better. Suck less. Uh, so let, let's talk real quick. Um, yes, the sign gate meant to say that right after the Michigan. Not much to report other than the the restraining order didn't get didn't get filed. Obviously, Harbaugh didn't coach uh, on, the, on the weekend. Uh, new hearing is scheduled for Friday this week, and uh, that the judge will hear both sides and then determine if uh, an injunction is uh, reasonable that Harbaugh will coach the remainder of the season. We'll see. Uh, I, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Uh, 
anybody's guess. Nobody knows anything, no matter what anybody says. Um, oh, another one I wanted to bring up uh, was a blowout in Orlando, man. Oklahoma State, what the hell happened there? They were one of the hottest teams. And what I think Trevor mentioned it last week is don't fall for that that trap game that don't get let down. And boy, did they <laughs> they let down big time. Trevor, you want to hit on that one? Oh, no, I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, I look, I had three or four teams circled on my uh, gridlock to pick last week or this past week on this past episode. I had Maryland or Mizzou, App State or UCF. Those are the four I was going to choose from because I look, I know everybody's been super ready to bend bend the knee to Van Gundy, but sorry. Um, no, Okie State's a joke. Um, they were a joke. They still are a joke. Um, they just got the, their asses handed to them by UCF. And at, at this point, um, they, they must have been starstruck with the Space U uniforms from UCF because those were clean <laughs> and I liked them a lot. And, you know, they were probably jealous because their uniforms suck. I hate the oh. new helmets, by the way, too. See, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Oklahoma State unis, man. I, I think they look clean, man. But I'm I'm a uniform uh, rat, so I mean you know, um, I get weird about it. Uh, so, but I do appreciate you bringing up uniforms, Trevor. <laughs> Hang on, real quick before I want I want to say something about the the Harbaugh stuff. Real quick is that yeah. I I am I am fairly convinced that the NCAA and the Big Ten are in collusion to basically just try and derail Michigan at this point. And the only reason I say that is that when did we start hearing about this? I think we actually started hearing about that they were going to do the suspension on Monday. Then it was Wednesday. Then it was Thursday. And then uh, come Friday morning, it was going to be that day. And then it didn't end up coming until after they were already on the plane. So, look, fellas, I I don't know how you all feel about it. I think that it was in poor taste. And uh, from what I have read, it is against – the Big Ten bylaws to do that without a full investigation being complete. And this is probably the first time since Jim's been kind of getting in, into some shit that both the president and the athletic director were in lockstep with Jim Narbaugh. That is, this is the first time that uh, Ward Manuel and uh, – oh, God, his name is – Santa Ono, baby. Yeah, that's it, Santa Ono. They all have been in lock. They're all in lockstep together. So, I think that Big Ten should be a little bit kind of scared when that happens. When those three are on the same page, along with a high-powered law- lawyer, you know that they know that they got them by the balls. And the fact that NCAA or the Big Ten is not not taking, from what I gather, I haven't heard any reports. the 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 report that Michigan provided to them about Purdue, Ohio State, and Rutgers colluding with signs for, for Michigan and nothing's being done on that. I just, it's all, uh, a bit fishy to me. That's just all, that's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Something's up. We'll wait for the, you know, the actual investigation to hit and in that, in the lawsuit that's been filed by Michigan. I, it's, it's probably going to get ugly. Uh, Michigan does have pictures of, you know, our sidelines and, and our scoreboards and stuff from in the stadium uh, that correlate with plays that were given to the Big Ten to show that somebody was in Michigan Stadium 
doing the exact same thing that Connor Stallions was accused of. And that's been turned over. And, you know, so that's, you hear it a lot, glass houses and all that, you know, don't throw a stone if you don't want to get caught. And maybe that's why Ruggers got smoked this weekend by a, a horrible Iowa offense. Maybe Gray Shiano's feeling a little bit of pressure, feeling a little bit of heat. But, man, that know, guy is so shady. I don't, I do not like that guy at all. Yeah, he, he freaks me out a little bit. Um, so yeah, that, that was it. Uh, AP movers, uh, Mizzou, Arizona, both moving up the, the charts there. Losers, Oklahoma State, big time loser, dropped nine spots, and Tennessee dropped as well. Um, Guys, anything else on these before we get down to the picks and our gridlocks? I'll just hit real quick on Alabama. Uh, they look. Oh yeah, pretty sorry, good. Blake. No, you're good. They look pretty good against Kentucky, but I just want to say I keep seeing this post going around about the Jalen Milrow apology form, and I'm sorry, he's still not there yet. And I think Alabama fans are falling into a wish, hopeful days. I'm not saying he's as awful as I made him out to be in the beginning of the season because he has made drastic improvements. But he is still not a quality, accurate passer. And with the game on the line, I don't know that I trust him still passing the football to win a game with against a team with a very good defense. Yeah, he did it against LSU, but who hasn't? You know, we still have not went up against a very elite defense yet, and we won't until we play Georgia. And that's what has me worried. And also, another team that a lot of people are sleeping on, Auburn, they're not great. I'm not saying they're this incredible football team, but they just got bowl eligibility and they could still finish, I think with seven wins, go seven and five. So, or I'm the heck they may be able to go eight and four. I don't know what their actual record is. I have no reason to look them up because they're gay, but uh, either way, Auburn's not a team to sleep on. They've, they've really come along. I mean, I know it was Arkansas, but still put up nearly 50 points and, that offense has struggled with everybody throughout the season, so they may be finally clicking, and we know what Hugh Freeze is capable of. So it's not a game for Alabama to sleep on, and I feel like our fans are overlooking the Auburn game because all I see people talking about now is Milrow, Heisman, Bama's going to play Georgia SEC Championship. And I'm like, you know, Milrow still has a lot of issues and kinks that need to be worked out. And so does our offense in general. We still have a lot of struggles at receiver. Still have struggles getting our running game going. You know, this is not a top-tier Alabama offense at this moment. So I think Alabama fans are getting a little overhyped about our team. You know, we are good. I'm not saying we're not good. And we're capable of getting to the playoffs and we're capable of playing with anybody. But I haven't seen that consistency yet to make me confident. Yeah, and Blake, I'll say I appreciate how honest you are uh, about your own team because I, I know a lot of people won't won't say that when they have struggles. And I, I look at, at Bama, I know a lot can change from week one, week two. And, yeah, they, they did lose to Texas, and Texas is still a good team uh, defensively too. 
I know offensively they've they've ran into some struggles lately. Uh, you know, they got Quinn Ewers back finally, so we'll see how Texas finishes. Uh, but when I look at Bama's schedule, again, the Ole Miss game, Ole Miss, you know, I, I don't like that one so much. Mississippi State, not a great team. Uh, Texas A&M, good up front, and they, they had a lot of pressure, but – you know, the Texas A&M has had three or four games where they've let one receiver just absolutely annihilate them. And at Bama, uh, who was it? Uh, Miami. And then who who they played last, last week that they, they got uh, smoked by? Was it Tennessee? Ole Miss. Or it was Ole, Ole, Miss. Miss. Yeah, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss. Yeah, through like 200 yards on one receiver. So it's just Texas A&M's defense, you know, that that can make Jalen Milrow look really damn good when you got wide receiver wide receivers running wide open on blown coverages, and he has gotten better. I agree with you. I think he's he's shown some better pocket presence, uh, but I still he's made some questionable decisions. That pick against Kentucky was stupid. Uh, threw it back across his body. There's no need for that. He could have uh, just ran out of bounds. Exactly. You know, uh, take the loss. So it, it's just one of those things, you know. LSU is a good win from them. His running game has gotten going. I give props to Bama for getting that get that rolling, but I do worry about going up against an elite defense like Georgia right. and what what he's going to do. The key to Alabama having success is he is not a good passer. He is a decent passer. He is a I can probably do it kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He is an elite runner, and if Alabama centers our offense around that maybe like a run first RPO top 2010-11 Auburn top offense or the old days of Oregon back when they had uh, what was his name Uh, James and Marcus Mariota you know that back in that day that's the style of offense Alabama needs to be successful with Milrow. And that's what we ran against LSU throw when you have to run when you need to, instead of this pass first approach we've had while we've had good quarterbacks. And, you know, that doesn't make him a bad quarterback. If he's a run first quarterback, it just means he's a runner, but we've got to play to that strength. And Tommy Reese, he's done a good job the past few weeks of doing that, but we got to continue to do it. And I need more confidence in Tommy Reese making those decisions. So when we go up against Georgia, we have to have that approach to that game. And Auburn had success with it against Georgia. So if we can execute an offense like that, Bama could beat Georgia. And Bama could beat Georgia convincingly if we can play like that. But if we come out and we try to throw the ball like we did against Texas and Arkansas, I mean, it's it's not going to be pretty for Alabama, and I think the fans need to kind of get out of this false reality that we're suddenly just this great team that's been underestimated. We still have a lot of flaws that are being overshadowed by a couple of stats. I, I think that's a fair, you know, estimation of it, and obviously they're they're right in the playoff hunt. They've got a lot going for them. Temper expectations just a little bit, just in case, because yeah, the, the Heisman talk, all that, it's getting crazy right now, and I, I just, I personally don't see it, uh, him winning the Heisman. But I don't know. What do I know? Uh, let Let's go ahead and talk about picks and gridlocks real quick. 
uh, picks or the gridlocks. Um, I lost mine, Illinois or uh, Indiana. You let me down. You had it. You were close. You blew it. Thanks a lot. I'm four and seven with ten points. Uh, Trevor got his. He is five and six with thirteen points. Uh, picked App State to get the dub there. And then Blake uh, is five and six with nineteen points. He's in a commanding lead right now. Um, New Mexico State, bold pick, great pick, good win there. Uh, getting into the picks, you know, I didn't have the best week, but I'm doing pretty good. All right, I'm getting, I'm getting up there. Uh, went eight and two on the week. Trevor, though, what a wonderful week. This man drilled every pick. Oh yeah, he got his gridlock. I mean, let's yes, clap it up. Clap it up. It's a, he's a jolly it, it, it good It only fellow. took me, what, or, 10 no. weeks to do it? <laughs> hey. hey, man, you're a grower, not a shower, uh, buddy. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm just – I'm proud of you. You did really good. You got props from people on, you know, on social media, Twitter and stuff. They're like, damn, Trevor ate. Trevor was on fire. Yeah, he was, man. He he killed it. Uh, so we're really proud of, proud of our boy right there, you know, put him up for the Heisman. Uh, totals. <laughs> Oh yes, let's not forget Blake. My bad. He he had a rough week. <laughs> hey, if six a... and four is a rough week, I'm fine with that because y'all had like some four win weeks. I'm good with it. That's still yeah, over right. five hundred for me. Talk, let's talk about glass houses, Brendan. Uh, yeah, I went three and seven one week, so I might as well just shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about totals. You know, because those sound a little bit better. Uh, currently, I am sixty three and forty four on the season. Uh, Trevor is 65 and 42 and Blake is 67 and 40 on the season. I re went through all the math to make sure (laughs) I've checked the list, checked it twice and, uh, you know, getting in the holiday spirit here. No, we're not. It's not Christmas time yet. Dang it. It's friggin' Thanksgiving. All right. (laughs) Don't you, don't you put up your Christmas lights yet? I know my mom and dad already did, but. Either we way, put ours up yesterday. Hey, it, it is uh, whatever you know. <laughs> Tis do your the thing. season. The kids Tis like it. Tis the season. So. The kids yeah. like it. You know, but you know the the biggest problem I have on that is when you're getting Christmas lights up before things or before Halloween. All right, let's let's cool it on that one. Yeah, I've seen people cool it down that. a little bit. Let's slow the when roll. You, when baby. you start, when you go trick or treating and you see Christmas decorations out in the front yeah. lawn. <laughs> Hey, man, Somebody, whatever. Somebody's really looking forward to some Christmas. Hell, yeah. You know what? Whatever, man. You do you, man. That, that's some Theo Vonsky <laughs> right there. I want to see him talk about that. I'm, we we might, right. might need to call him up. Uh, but either way, great week. Uh, Blake's in the lead here. He's got a two-game lead over Trevor. I'm still trying to make that comeback. You know, the story of the century. First year, we'll see what happens. But I'm probably taking the fattest out of the season, so... I don't know, guys. It was a good week. Uh, this next upcoming week, it kind of looks a little bit lighter here. Um, let me go back to the schedule. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, on the lighter side, you know, if, if you want to call it that. But there's still some good matchups out there. And uh, we got some some solid games, uh, more action coming up during the, the week. We got Tuesday, Toledo and Bowling Green, Western Michigan and Northern Illinois. Akron and Eastern Michigan. Wednesday, you got Central Michigan, Ohio, Buffalo, and Miami. And then on Thursday, you have Boston College at Pitt. Um, South Florida and UTSA on Friday. Watch out for UTSA. They're still in the hunt for the American Conference. Hey, we, we like the Roadrunners, baby. 
and then Colorado Washington State Friday night cap. So let's see what happens with those. Blake, you want to hit up the uh, the kicking it up a notch? Yep. So this week we're going with player of the week, RJ Harvey, twenty four carries, two hundred six yards, three touchdowns in the rain against a hot Oki State team. Ollie Gordon didn't have a chance. Team of the week, we're going with the bold, the beautiful. They purred and roared all afternoon (laughs) against the 40th ranked defense in the nation. The greatest D to ever take the field, the Tennessee Vols, and they obliterated every shimmer of hope that the Vols had of going to the SEC championship representing the East. So congratulations to uh, Missouri. Congratulations to RJ. Those are Trevor specials right there. Thank and you. And not Trevor, just for congratulations those, to Missouri, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> A big old thank you to the Mizzou Tigers. I'm shocked. They're not saying the referees cost them the game. How they you, will. I'm still they hearing will. that. You have time. Hear that. time. We're still we're we're still in a weekend, man. Give it time. I still hear them complaining about the the refs in the Alabama game. <laughs> I still hear it. And I'm then sure I, you, did y'all see a... the Brian Kelly thing with their player with the targeting in Florida? Uh uh-uh. uh So I sent it in the group. You'll just have to go watch it. I won't take up any more time here because of the how the platform is, but yeah. Yeah. And we will apologize if there's there's might be some issues on this episode just because we the uh, the platform we've been using is a little jacked up right now. So we're we're gonna figure something out, but it might sound just fine because our master editor uh, Trevor he does his thing. He works hard, and uh, you know leave him a tip or two. Uh, you know he's a great guy. He deserves it. And I may be wrong, but I think Barbara went nine and one this week on her picks. And my dad, I believe, also went nine and one on his picks, and they've both filled out in the comments. Very nice. Yes, I forgot to look at that today. So thank you for for mentioning that. Um, we had another Twitter, we had another Facebook war there, so that that kind of occupied our time for a minute. It was uh, worth but it. But we we appreciate it. <laughs> it was funny. A little bit of trolling in there. A little bit of you know honesty. You know, we're honest people, so we appreciate you guys again listening and. You know, just everything. We it's been a fun year so far. We've really enjoyed doing this. Uh, I think we've, we're growing and changing and trying to adapt and make things better. Uh, and I feel like we we get better weekly. Uh, so please leave us your comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, you know, just hit us up. We like to talk football. You know, but let, let, let's keep it honest. All right, let's keep it fair. Keep it fair. A little, uh, you know, you know, we'll, we'll go back to Caddyshack on that one. Trevor, you got any final thoughts before we call it a night? No, nah, it was a great weekend of football. Um, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, <laughs> supporting us. We all we all very much appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, sometime this off season, we'll start up our YouTube stuff. So keep on the lookout for updates on that. Yeah, that way you can see our beautiful faces. Uh, you know, especially Trevor uh, and Blake and Blake, of course. You know, Megatron. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> We love you guys either way. We appreciate it. Have a good night.